I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The one more thing, King, what you got for me, Isaac Harris? Well, um, first off, just thanks for listening yesterday for yeah, a lot of you. Everyone. A lot of you, gosh, yeah. I think it was a top five uh, downloaded day in our podcast. Yeah, number four. Number four for us all time, which is, uh, you know. Just, I think it says more about Kobe than it says about us. It's that people really cared is, yeah. about Kobe and really did. And uh, I thought that was meaningful. For this to be a Mavericks podcast and for people to tune in and you know listen to us, um, you know, we poured our heart out. And I was really proud of the pod we did yesterday. I'm not sure if I'm going to be proud about this pod. We're kind of both in shambles right now. We really are. We're I like, literally... like, what are we going to talk about? We're so just... <laughs> I didn't. I, to be honest, I didn't read any Kobe stuff today. I was on Twitter a little bit. I, To be honest, I just stayed away from it because I don't. I can't just take more and more and more of it like all the time. I just don't want to just yeah. remember everything. It just reminds you that he's gone over and over. So I don't know what stage of grief that is that I'm in right now, but uh, that's what I'm in. I just feel terrible for his family. Like the more I think about it, the more I just feel bad. Yeah, for him, and I just I watched a little bit. You know, I was at work today and I'm out lunch break in my office i just stayed in my office for lunch and i have a tv in my office and i, I just turned it on first take for a bit and I, but literally it was like 10 minutes of it. it's like yeah, coming I just up can't. we'll tell you why kobe's is the most historic i don't know i just can't i couldn't do <laughs> too take. long but tonight you know after as soon as the mavs game was over i just switched it right over to espn and it was his last game yeah and I, you know, Nick and I were talking about it before we hit record, but I literally, you know, I told Nick, I'm like, I rooted against this guy so hard in his early years, but yet that last game by Kobe and in specifically that fourth quarter by Kobe is one of like my favorite sports moments of all time. Like I had chills tonight was the first night I got like legit, like choked up about it. Like I had like tears in my eyes, the family cuts in that just the there's atmosphere a, in that game. There's a clip I, at the end where his family is courtside and they've been there the whole time and they cut to them every once in a while during the game. But there's a clip where you see the family and it cuts back to Kobe like close up and he's winking at the camera or like winking at his family. And it just, yeah. I saw somebody post that gift today and I brought it all back and I just remembered like, man. I know. And what's that crazy was, is like, that, that was that was a moment where his family got him back. Like he was so determined and so committed to being a basketball player and being the best basketball player that he was there, you know, day in, day out, super early, all that stuff. And then that fam- that family finally got him back after he retired after that game. They got him back. Yeah. And it's been now 4 years and he's gone. I mean, that got It's crazy it's been 4 years cuz it feels like yesterday if you watched that game and all yeah. that stuff and my wife and I were literally going back and forth we're like there's no way it's 2016. There's no way and it you know ended up being that. You're and like, "Look, Roy Hibbert's playing. It's definitely been a long time." <laughs> I was texting Nick like the players on that team and how Jordan Clarkson pre-tattoos and Roy Hibbert and They brought in Meta World Peace, I remember like the very like for the last stretch of the season and all Lakers fans were excited about it. It was, it was very weird. Lakers fandom is weird when they're losing. 
But anyway, um, yeah, it was I, just crazy. And yeah, so now that game ended, I was like all emotional. Nick is obviously still emotional, and we get on the get on Skype. We're like, all right, well, let's talk about this win. Let's talk about this Mavs Thunder win. Before we do that, though, um, something happened to me today. So a lot of uh, you know that I'm currently based in Florida. Florida is the weirdest ass state that ever existed. I mean, I just. Everything they Arkansas? say, everything they say about Florida is true. All the weird people, I guess they all just live in my area. The other day, I was looking out the window. I just like walked by the window, and my dog was barking at something. And there's this guy riding a bicycle, a, th- a, a big tricycle, with carrying like a bunch of plastic bins in wagons behind him, like just just like caravan of a bike, like just driving by. White hair, white beard, lab coat, straight up just white lab coat, like down to his knees. What in the world? Like a couple bottles fall off of his bike train, and he had to stop and walk and pick him up. It threw me off all day. I just couldn't think of anything but this guy with his lab coat riding his tricycle bike down the street. Um, and then today. I was outside playing with my dog and this nice like I don't know what kind of car it was but this nice white like Corvette looking car uh, maybe it was like a Charger or something like that I don't know cars very well but uh, all of a sudden I hear like it sounds like a phone drop and I look outside the car drives away and there's a phone sitting in front of my house and I go and I pick up the phone and this guy has like 12 voicemails and like 11 missed calls from Lovebug and I'm like this dude just gave up on his phone. He didn't want to listen to this person talk anymore. He just threw the phone out the door. So I brought the phone back in. It's sitting on the the side table, uh, and I was working on something else. My wife hears it ring, and it has this like loud, inspirational music ringtone. I'm like, man, maybe he couldn't figure out how to change the ringtone, and he just decided to get rid of the phone and start all over. So finally, I, I finished what I was doing. I go back, and I answer the phone. And Lovebug was was calling again. I'm like, man, this guy really just wanted to, to give up. <laughs> I Love just, bug. I thought he just gave up. But so it ended up he just dropped his phone out of his car and drove away and thought that he left his phone at home. So interesting. Not believable, right? Just completely. I don't believe yeah. anything that guy says. He came back. I gave him the phone back. I think there is something there where he just decided that he didn't want to deal with the phone anymore because. How could you forget your phone was in the car? It was the the ringer was on. It had a really loud ringtone. He had eleven missed calls from someone named Lovebug, and he gave up on the phone. What do you think? I think he was just done with whoever Lovebug was. He's like, I'm out. <laughs> he was done. He came back with his buddy, so he wasn't with Lovebug when he came back. Yeah, he was about to just go get a burner and be done with it. <laughs> right, right. He's about to give up. So anyway, that's another story in uh, Florida being a weird state. Just. Who knows? The guy also came back. A guy also, I gave him the phone. He said, hey, uh, you live here? And I was like, yeah, I just walked out of this house. You think I was just standing in front of this house? And he goes, well, I'll be back and give you a couple bucks. And I was like, okay. I mean, that, like, that, like that's cool, but you don't have to, man. You know, whatever. And the guy's like digging through his wallet. He goes, all I have is a 20. So I'll come sure. back. I'll come back later. What do you want me to give you? Change? <laughs> change. Just give you a 20, bro. <laughs> Got your phone for you. Could have been rained on. Anyway. Dumb story, but that was Florida again. It's, just being, just it's being Florida. A weird state. They're they're about to throw a three day uh, three day party for Dwayne Wade's retirement. So yeah, it's definitely weird. <laughs> not there. I'm not there. I'm not close there. But 
we're about to have the Daytona 500, and that's when some weird stuff happens. So get ready for that. All right, coming up, let's get into this Mavs. That made me feel better. For, I don't know why. Uh, let's get into this Mavs Thunder game and uh, talk about this Mavericks team. I mean, they're they're still chugging along, still playing games, and uh, let's get into it. All right, Isaac, let's get into this game. Uh, but before we, you know, we start with the game, Mavericks take an eight second backcourt violation to start the game. The Thunder take a twenty four second shot clock violation. It's kind of amazing that those two things represent Kobe Bryant, right? Like the, yeah. this, the backcourt violation could be nine seconds, right? And it would not be the same. But it's eight seconds, and then the tw- shot clock is 24 seconds. Like that, That's just crazy to me that those things coincide. And I think it's really cool that all these teams are, are doing those to start the game. You know, the eight-second backcourt violation or the 24-second shot clock violation to honor Kobe. I just thought that was really cool, and the Mavs got to take part in it today. And so did the Thunder. Yeah, I think the very first game was at uh, Raptor Spurs, maybe? Whatever that first game was. I think it was the first one that did it. Yesterday. And they did two back-to-back 24-second violations. And then a lot of teams have been doing the 8 and 24. um, Yeah, another special moment. We saw um, a lot of players with their shoes and stuff today. Now, Luka Doncic being a Jordan brand athlete, and I know it's it's part of the family. I get it. The Jordan Nike's part of the same family, uh, but still, he didn't rock Jordans this game. He wore Kobe's, you know, this game. And um, yeah, that's <clears throat> one. If you're if you're in the the upper offices of the Jordan brand, you have to hit okay on that one, right? Yeah, like you don't he, you don't fight that one. You don't want to be the guy that says no. You can't wear Kobe's. Yeah, and Luca, you know, I'm so I'm sure if you've been on social media, you've you know seen by now he had all nine victims, um, their names really uh, awesome. on his on his shoe. I thought that was really cool. Uh, different, you know, players, Seth Curry, uh, Jalen Brunson, different guys had you know tributes and stuff on their shoes. And you know, I think Luca already tweeted out after the game this is one of the hardest games he's ever had to play. Yeah. And so. Yeah, I think for the whole league right now, it's super hard. You even saw the NBA, you know, they're postponing the Clippers-Lakers game tonight. And um, it's just, as a NBA family, everyone's grieving right now. Yeah, and so for this game, I don't know if this is a game we take a lot of stock in as far as, you know, tactics and things and what the Mavs tried to do. They took 51 threes, and I, I already see people complaining about it, and, you know, it's not fun. It's not a, a beautiful basketball to watch. Like, these guys are just trying to get through, right? Like, sometimes a three is just a little bit of a give up on a play. You're not going to try your hardest. Driving is hard. Shooting threes are easy, right? Like, you know, physically exerting yourself, and so... We're not going to take – I don't think we should take a ton of stock in this game. But there are some cool things that happened in this game uh, and some positives, I think, for the Mavericks. Um, man, one guy that was trying hard, though, DeLon Wright. Kudos to I, him. I mean, he has been – he's been – he hasn't been putting up huge numbers. He had a double-double in this game, uh, 14 points, I think 12 rebounds. But he he hasn't been putting up huge numbers like that all the time. But he's been putting in some effort ever since Darrell Wright kind of, you know, called out i guess carlisle i guess him i guess the whole situation on twitter the other day yeah i mean i think what was it uh you know last week or a couple weeks ago i think the the first thing we saw you know was tim cato's q a on the athletic you know with delon right and uh, basically it's just like a mid-season check-in with delon and you know delon was pretty straightforward with tim and i thought it was uh, really cool of cato to get that you know from him as good quotes on uh, just like his expectation of his role right now and you know how he he wants to be starting and he's he was very very clear about that and he wants to be a starter on this team and I think you go back to the summer when they made that trade 
uh, for him to sign and trade. You know, and, and they brought him to Dallas. You know, one of the first interviews uh, Rick Carlisle does, you know, he refers to him as the starter. I think everyone is like, hey, he is the unquestioned starter coming in. And, you know, he gets hurt early in you know, in training camp. Uh, Brunson, I think, uh, starts in his place. We're, like, on the pod. We're debating on if he's, like, for sure the starter or not after he comes back from his injury and all that. And then he co- starts coming off the bench. And then, like, the rest is history. And we kind of forget that he was brought in to be the starter. And yeah. the organization, everybody, was very clear that. So you wonder if that was communicated to him from the very beginning of, hey, you're going to be the starter. And now he's coming off the bench. He's been playing well off the bench. Uh, so then you have the athletic thing with Tim Cato where he says, you know, how he'd prefer to be starting. And then you saw Darrell Wright, his older brother who played in the league, his tweet also. Yeah, this was just a, this was just six days ago. It was the 21st of January. He said, and he deleted this, I think, but I found a screenshot. Some dudes get the bag and be happy to play, maybe, and be happy to play, maybe play. You got a dude that does all the little things to help your team win every night, and you don't use him, LOL. Watch out. I'm fed up. And this is after a game where where DeLon didn't play a lot, if I remember correctly. I can't remember what game it was. I have to go back and look at it specifically. Someone will call us out on it, but... um, but yeah, he's calling out, you know, DeLon Wright did get, you know, somewhat of a bag. He got signed for multiple years with the Mavericks, nine mil a year. And, you know, uh, some guys get the bag and then they don't play well after. But DeLon Wright is a guy that'll play hard when he's out there. And so Dor- Darrell Wright calling out the coaching staff, I guess, a little bit for not playing him. Um, the thing about DeLon Wright is he just does so many things well, but he's reluctant to take shots. And he hasn't been in these last couple of games. I think that's been the big difference in his play, right? Yeah, just as, yeah, like you said, his confidence is uh, aggression, really. I mean, I think it was the game right after that. We were like, holy crap, DeLon's just like coming in, just going for it, driving to the basket. You know, his aggression looks a little bit different than somebody like a Luca or somebody. He's not taking sidestep threes in someone's face. He's driving the lane, super active, which he's always, you know, pretty active on the floor and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, even this season, I mean, he's shooting 36% you know, from three. This was the number that uh, – I, I forgot what our board bet was for DeLon this year, but 36 is what he shot a couple seasons ago uh, from three in Toronto, and uh, that was the number we wanted him to get back to. Now, he's only shooting about a three-and-a-half a game right now, uh, you know, 1.7 threes a game, so it's not a huge sample size, uh, but still, 36% uh, is better than 31%. But um, – <laughs> 36% but, was our over-under for three-point percentage. Really? Ooh. What, do you remember what you took? I can't remember what I took. I want to say over. I feel like I took over on a lot of those. You took the over. I took the under. Nice. Um, so, anyway, yeah, I, I feel like he's been more aggressive since you know that stuff. And you don't want to read between the lines too much. But, you know, it, you put yourself in his shoes. Like, you would want to play more. You would want to be a starter. Like, yeah. you want those minutes. And especially where he's at in his career. He's 27 years old. This is, you know, what, prime? Like, you know what I mean? If you right, want to say it is. Of his career. So, yeah, I think Mavs Twitter has, you know, different opinions on it sometimes. You're like, oh, man, I want the shooting of Curry. And then there's a lot of portion of Mavs Twitter, Mavs fans. They're like, he's, you know, he's kind of like the guard version of Dorian. And you want, you know, offensive rebound. He had six offensive rebounds tonight. He had like, three that's... putbacks with, with the, you know, halfway through the second quarter, he already had three putbacks. <laughs> insane you know him him and Dorian together combined for like nine offensive boards tonight but 
Um, just some of his plays, like I tweeted out this play to where he went, he drove the lane, went behind the back, then went up yeah. in the right hand and scooped it up like a reverse layup. Like that stuff is just incredible. You know, his defense on SGA some. And I mean, this was clearly the DeLon Wright game as far as <laughs> in my opinion. Like this is, I when I look at this game, this is, it's the DeLon Wright game. And he got, uh, I think he got interviewed after the game, post game stuff yeah. from from Fox and stuff too, and much deserved on that. And it was cool hearing his um, answer about Kobe and stuff too, being from LA. Yeah, that was awesome to hear. Um, it was awesome to see just DeLon Wright step up and, you know, he pretty much was the player of the game. You know, we kind of have these two, uh, like Luca and Porzingis are kind of the, the, you know, the mainstays and we can make Luca the player of the game every day. I mean, things don't happen without Luca. Yeah. obviously we'll talk about that in a minute, but DeLon Wright stepping up 14 points, 12 boards, four assists, a steal, uh, all those putbacks. What was it? He had twelve boards. He had six offensive rebounds. <laughs> That's pretty wild. Only two turnovers for him uh, in twenty-seven minutes. Twenty-seven minutes is what he should he should get, right? Yeah, I don't. There's gosh, a little I bit don't... of a bump because now Dwight yeah. is out, and those are some minutes that are available. Um, but... Yeah, I want to see how it shakes out because you know Justin Jackson got twenty-two minutes. I would be kind of surprised if he's still getting twenty-two minutes towards the end of the season. Uh, you know they got to implement Willie Cauley Stein at some point. Um, I don't. There was a portion of the fourth quarter there they had Maxi on the floor instead of KP. Uh, it was kind of late in the fourth. I think towards the end of the game too, and that lineup was was intriguing. But I want to see where the minutes go. You know, once they you know Cauley Stein's not going to step in and get thirty minutes a night, but no. he's at least going to get some minutes. So I'm intrigued by that. Yeah, how it all shakes out after that. Um, but I think DeLon Wright and Brunson right now are fighting for who's going to be in the playoff rotation consistently. Yeah. And now for the honestly, rest of the season, 36 more games. And that's what they're fighting for, I think. And that's where sometimes, you know, some people throw out there when they're talking about trade possibilities and all that stuff is it's like what we've been saying. Playoff rotations dwindle down and you're going to look around at like an eight man lineup, nine man lineup. Dan something Tony like that. sometimes plays just seven. Like all he can get is that, seven guys. I mean, that's crazy. And you know Luca and KP and those guys are going to play a ton when it comes playoff time. Uh, and another thing they have that, that they have in their back pocket is JJ Perea. Especially when you get into some of these times like playoff time, I, it wouldn't shock me at all if it came playoff time and JJ Perea is getting more minutes than like a Jalen Brunson or something like that because that vet experience and just those minutes off the bench, like it's stuff like that. So yeah, I think, I think the DeLon Wright versus Brunson kind of versus Seth a little bit. The, the DeLon Wright versus Seth Curry debate is uh, it's kind of fun to see play out because it's like, Oh, do you want the shooting of Seth Curry? Do you want the, you know, defense all around play of DeLon Wright? It's the old school. Do you draft a running back or a wide receiver in fantasy? Like, yeah, you know, sometimes it's scarcity. So you're like, well, Mavs don't have a lot of defensive players, so you want Delon out there. But you know, the shooting just makes your team overall bet. You know, it's the back and forth. Uh, all right, coming up, let's get into the rest of this game. Some interesting things uh, that Porzingis did in this game, and then uh, Luca's response after the game. You know, playing and uh, how he. <laughs> What he did in this game, I guess. That's a bad tease. But there you go. Let's talk about that coming up next. Coming up next. <laughs> All right, Isaac. Uh, I thought Porzingis was interesting in this game. He had probably one of the best first halves offensively that I'd seen him play. I think he scored one point in the second half in this game. Because I think he had 13. And it's something about him that plays super well in the beginning. In the second half, he hasn't been as good. But uh, he was driving and kicking. 
Yes. In the second quarter, when he was out there without Luca, he had th- he ended up with three assists. But I think there was two or three other passes that didn't you know the, the shots didn't go down. Um, the Mavs passing overall in this game was amazing. I just thought it was great. I would love to see the number of passes they made compared to the rest of the season. Uh, I'm sure that number will come up soon. But uh, Porzingis in this game, I thought his his driving kick game is so fascinating. He's seven foot three. He's <laughs> taking the ball from the perimeter. Uh, and everybody has to respect him from three. I mean, it's it's wild. He was only two of seven in this game, but one of them was just super deep, and you have to respect his three. And so you go out yeah. and you close out on him, and Porzingis, if if he can, if he's getting guarded by a slower guy, he can get around them and, and kick out and do you know make reads like that, which is just crazy. Especially in that first quarter, man. He was he was so aggressive in that first quarter, driving, taking all kinds of shots. I think the very first play of the game uh, was a design play, and he had an open three. They got the offensive board, came right back to him. He shot it again. You know, he obviously has the green light, and I mean, this oh, yeah. is what you bring him in for. You want him to have the green light. Um, I, you definitely need more points from him. I mean, you, you pull out a victory tonight. Um, Chris Paul what? didn't I, play in this game, by the way. Uh, Chris Paul's. You know, one of the best clutch players in the NBA. So um, he's averaging the most points in clutch time this year, I think, yeah. uh, among all players. And so that was a big difference for the Thunder. The Thunder looked pretty disheveled. I mean, they didn't look like they, they did. They had they a had, lot together. Them playing some of the guys as much as they did. I they've mean, been doing that. They've been playing these guys. Like Dort got the start. How do you say Dort's first name? I Every time I hear an announcer say it, I can't like repeat it. I'm just going with Dort. I know. It's like uh, Louis, <laughs> Lu, Lunges Dort. I can't, I can't say it, but uh, he's been starting and playing a lot for them. Diallo's been in their rotation. Deontay Burton's been in their rotation. Darius Baisley's been in their rotation. Uh, like all four of those guys, you'd think that you know they wouldn't make a ro- any other playoff rotation, but here they are. They've been playing consistently. Yeah, and going back to Porzingis, you got to have more than fourteen points from him. So you know, at some point, I I keep going back to, and I just can never, un- I can never unsee it now. And Jonathan Charks was the first person to th- throw this out there, and he, I think he wrote a piece on it that Porzingis, you know, is the seven foot Clay Thompson for for Dallas, and I just can't get past it because that literally the role of Clay Thompson in the offense is literally like Porzingis's role in Dallas, and it's like, hey, we don't want you to dribble much, but we want you to shoot it and space the floor and like all this stuff. He's just seven foot three, and whatever argument you want to make against that for that I don't know where to land on that if that's a great thing if it's a man I got they got to figure some other things out thing I I don't know but I just I still hold out that I think you know I think sometimes he loses his legs sometimes late in games and you see a lot of his shots come up short I want to see him with his legs fully underneath him um I don't know if it's a rest thing or whatever but they I mean they pulled out a win tonight with Porzingis you know, getting 14 points, nobody else getting above 15, you know, above 16 or, or no 15 points. Tim Hardaway is the second leading scorer with 15 points tonight. Nobody else got above that. And you know, they won by 10 points. So I, that's not something you're going to be able to pull off every single night. Um, but okay. See without Chris Paul, you can. Yeah. Yeah. This was a game where you can't get away with that. But like we were saying, uh, Porzingis only, only played 26 minutes too. So it's not like he played, you know, a ton. They True. were, they were kind of lean on his minutes because the Mavis had basically a 10 point lead kind of the whole second half. They got, they built up to a 16 point lead in the third, in the third quarter. And then they just kind of rode out the, you know, the runs basically. <laughs> okay. So would go on a run. The Mavs would come back. Okay. So would go on a run. The Mavs would come back and then they just held it. And okay. So just pretty much ran out of time. Um, 
Yeah, so we talked about DeLon, talked about Porzingis. Luca, 29 points, 11 boards, 5 assists. Um, he, what, you had a tweet. He started the, he started the game like 0-3 from 3. 0-4 in the first quarter. He's 0-4 from 3. And then he hit 5 then, straight. Yeah, then he hit 5 straight in a row. I mean, that just uh, personifies who Luca is. And, you know, he's not going to be deterred by bad shooting whenever he's still going to, he's still going to shoot it. He's still going to take his shots. And he was really aggressive early on. And uh, it felt like a little bit more than normal, but um, yeah, I mean, he hit those five threes in a row, and some of those were just nasty step backs, step backs that didn't even hit the rim, just like yeah. rainbow, like raindrop shots, just High. nothing, yeah, nothing but net. And he finished the game five of twelve from three point lines, obviously forty one percent, but he had eleven boards and stuff too. What did he see? How many assists was he? Oh, he was five assists away from a triple double, but um, means he had a bad good. game. Good. That's true. <laughs> uh, I would say uh, good three quarters for Luca. First quarter, a little questionable, a little bit. Yeah, I mean to be expected. Again, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to take a ton. No, yeah, for sure, you know, absolutely. From this game, the way he was feeling and you know how he responded. I mean, you got to think that every single time he touches the ball or he takes an out of bounds, he's thinking about Kobe. You know, talking smack to him in Slovenian, right? Like that <laughs> yeah. just has to be going back and forth to have a personal relationship with somebody. You know, or to have at least a personal interaction that you can go back to in your head, that'd be crazy. All right, anything else you want to say from this game or going forward? Uh, not this game. Uh, this might lead to a bigger conversation, but just off the top of your head, Chris Paul and All Star. I think so. I think, I think City, Mitchell right might. Now. I think Mitchell might get in. We have to do our All Star reserve soon, though. We will. I have to sit I'll down just, and figure it all out, but I think so. Real quick. Oklahoma City's 28 and 20, one of the bigger surprises I think for the league. And they're setting a 7th in the, you know, in the West, a current playoff team in the West. If you want, you know, would have like been tied, said, they would have been tied with the Mavs if they won this game. That's crazy. Um, you know, I think him versus SGA, I think Chris Paul would get the nod over that, but yeah, the literally best clutch player in the NBA right now. His stats are great. He's having an incredible year. I didn't think this version of Chris Paul would ever be there ever again, and yeah, it is. Either. I think he, uh, and in my mind, I think he's an all-star, and I think you're going to see the debate, and I think one of the most intriguing things this year is for these all-star reserves is what will coaches like value what will, in these votes. When you have guys like Chris Paul, they're going to value the same thing. They're going to value the longevity. They're going to value. They're going to value wins. They're going to, you know. Well, that's what that's I want to value. And so Chris Paul, I feel like, is a shoe in because he is a guy that's been there before, and he's a guy that, you know, is in, a, in on a team that's eight games over five hundred right now. Like Memphis is a playoff team, but I don't think they're going to get, you know, like oh Memphis has to get up, you know, uh, an all star representative. But I think no. Oklahoma City's in that conversation right now. But, like, Chris Paul, even, like, I think they'll finally reward Rudy Gobert. But, like, Chris Paul, Rudy Gobert, like, two of those type of guys compared to, you know, the guys like Devin Booker, Brandon Ingram, you know, those type of guys. To where even Westbrook, I mean, Rockets are six in the West. So, like, Westbrook, Chris Paul, Rudy Gobert, how will the coaches vote when it comes to those type of guys compared to Towns, Booker, Brandon Ingram? These guys that are putting up big-time stats but on bad teams. And uh, I personally, I'm not the biggest Chris Paul fan in the world. I've taken my shots at him. But I think right now, at this point in the season, Chris Paul's an all-star. Yeah. Mavs, right now, 12 games over five hundred. Yeah, 
12 games over 500. Uh, what? 30, three games. Ba- 36 games from, left. Three games back from, from Denver. They are four, four wins away right now from 33 wins. So <laughs> that was last year's total in yes. 82 games. What what a different uh, what a different ride this year. If the Mavericks go, what is it? Five, uh, if they go four and thirty two for the rest of the season, they'll match last year's win total. <laughs> That's, That's pretty crazy. crazy to think about. But right now, since you brought up standings, right now there's a little bit of separation of you know the Lakers at the top. And then there's about a three game difference, and then you got a group of three. You got the Jazz, Clippers, Nuggets, yeah. and then you got a little bit another like three game gap between the Mavericks, Rockets, uh, kind of the Thunder a little bit, and that's kind of like the next pairing. Yeah. And then after OKC, it just drops like five game drop to like Memphis, San Antonio, and those guys. But um, I'll I'll be curious to see if those two groupings of Jazz, Clippers, Nuggets, and then Mavs, Rockets, Thunder. Of those teams, will one of those teams from the top drop, or will somebody like the Mavericks or Rockets, you know, go up? And that's something I'm watching moving forward before the All Star break. Yeah, that's what you have to look forward to. The Mavericks, basically, I think they're going to be in the playoffs, right? Like we can pretty much say that at this point in the season. I think something would have to be drastically wrong if they something miss the would have to go go horribly wrong at this point in the season, which is a testament to this team. They've done an amazing job. I think this I mean season. Memphis right now is in the eighth spot and they're seven games back from Dallas. <laughs> that would just be an historic I mean, it would be people complaining about clutch losses. Yeah. It would be that That'd times be thirty. Clutch season. <laughs> clutch season, yeah. And it, it would be brutal. So no, let's not it, we're not even gonna entertain that. They're a playoff team. But can the Mavs jump into that top four, get home court advantage, um, or you know, does somebody else drop? Can can Houston jump back up there? That's kind of the what we're looking for right now as things can shake up. So there you go, guys. We'll be back tomorrow breaking down the Mavs versus the Suns. The Mavs, it's a home game for the Mavericks. Uh, that is at 7.30 Central Time. And so we'll, they'll for sure do something for Kobe. And so we'll be watching for that. Uh, guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Boom.